Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast here if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform app. I'm your host Chris Cato for today's episode. It is 124 and we are recapping the 2021 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and I mean, what the hell was that race all about, guys? I'm going to bring in my two fellow co-hosts right away, Tyler and Shaker, because we really don't have any time to waste, not just in this episode, but this week as well, because as soon as we're done talking about this race, we're going to be moving on right away to the big season finale in Abu Dhabi. So Tyler, Shaker, welcome to the show tonight. Good to have you guys along. Oh, well, thanks for having us. I mean, uh, I think we can all try to figure this race out together in this next hour or so that we'll be doing this podcast. So hopefully we can help each other out. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a big first race for Saudi Arabia. And I'm sure we'll, you know, we're going to try as best as we can to go through all of the small little uh, things that fell off the car. Because obviously the entire racetrack struggle with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard there's, I hear they're still cleaning them up even as we speak. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Jetta Corniche circuit definitely made quite an impact on the Formula One calendar this season. There's going to be a lot of talk about that circuit and whether some improvements that need to be made or whether it should stay on the calendar altogether. But that'll be a little bit later on. But let's dive right into what was just an absolutely wild Saudi Arabian Grand Prix after. The first 10, 12 laps or so, it seemed pretty straightforward. You know, Mercedes get away nice and cleanly, and it was just kind of getting into the race management phase. And then Mick Schumacher really set off just a series of events that changed this race and maybe even the championship, we could argue. But I think what we're going to do is maybe try and go in chronological order of the incidents that happened, and then we'll each give our opinions and do some screen sharing as well so we can see the incidents as they happened. But Tyler, let's start with you. Just opening thoughts on the race itself in general and kind of the vibes that you got from the Jetta Corniche circuit and then uh, some of the incidents before we get into the specifics. Yeah, I mean, initial thoughts on the circuit was it was unbelievable to watch the cars go around it. I mean, uh, I will, as much as we were kind of crapping on the circuit in the weeks leading up to it, I'm going to give them as the credit that they're due. The track looked phenomenal for the weekend. I mean, everything looks you know, in perfect condition, everything looked finished. Um, it, it just looked absolutely stunning throughout the whole weekend. So I will give lots of kudos to the, uh, the track organizers, the track workers, and, and everyone involved in the construction of building the circuit because it did look really good for this weekend. And, you know, it is an, an amazing track to watch a car go around. I mean, I could only imagine how the drivers felt. I mean, obviously, Valtteri expressed how much he enjoyed the circuit, uh, racing around there, having lots of fun during fp1 um but i mean there are questions to you know its overtaking abilities and and we did see that throughout this weekend um and the danger aspect of this track as well we saw a pretty nasty collision in f2 and another nasty collision in f1 and that's not including um you know a few shunts into turn 22 i believe is what it was uh for a few drivers and carlos Sainz having a little hairy moment himself in qualifying where i thought he's just gonna go straight into the wall so um, definitely pros and cons to this racetrack. Um, as for the race, I mean, I really enjoyed the race. I think the drama had to play a big part of it. Um, into the, the craziness of this race was, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it and it's not, you know, because of the crashes or the amount of restarts, because we had seen that last year, um, at Mugello, it had to do with, I think it was Mugello. So it was, Anyways, um, it had to do a lot with, um, the drama, uh, you know, it was such a dramatic race from 
the drivers to the engineers to the, and, the, and the teams going at it and the FIA getting involved and not getting involved and the stewards kind of putting their finger into it at the end. Now it was kind of weird, you know, it's like everyone was just sticking their hand into the cake batter to uh, to add their own little piece into uh, what was unfolding throughout the race. So um, that, that, I think, is what made it interesting. The on-track racing was all right. Uh, I think it could have been better. It was, you know, I'd say as good as it could get for Saudi Arabia. Um, we did see some some crashes, some good battles. The best overtake had to go to Valtteri at the last, last second of the Grand Prix. So... Um, all in all it's a unique experience i think this track and you know i i I don't want to give it a pass or fail based on one race i'd like to see it again next year it was an interesting circuit in terms of high flying you know you got to see some really fast cars go along around the circuits at these like crazy lap times but yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, the drama is what made this race so big. You know, the Lewis, ha- the Lewis, ha- uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen drama. Uh, you know, Total Wolf and Christian Horner going at it. You know, Total Wolf losing his shit. Uh, uh, Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> somewhere, I'm sure there's a clip on that somewhere. It has to be. <laughs> uh, you know, Valtteri Bottas catching up on the last lap to get podium to uh, get Mercedes to end up. Uh, you know. Getting the uh, tying up the constructors or taking the constructors uh, in the end. So, yeah, I, I think it's the drama leading into this last race is what made Saudi Arabia so interesting. Um, and I think we kind of were kind of talking about the circuit beforehand, like, you know, compared to Monaco, uh, you know, it is a street circuit more made of a, you know, it's a racetrack made uh, street circuit. But I, I genuinely enjoyed the actual racing in term compared to Monaco around the track. Uh, you know, the car's going a little bit faster. I think what the big thing I think they need to work out in Saudi Arabia is when uh, a crash or, you know, like a wings or something like that happens is, you know, getting on that and getting the track cleared as fast as possible. Because I uh, found that there's a couple of cars that were, uh, could have still been in the race if it wasn't for, you know, uh, you know, the, those parts being picked up. Yeah, I echo some similar thoughts there with the track, and I'll get into maybe a little bit more of my own thoughts later. But let's get right into the drama of Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton, because they had multiple incidents at this race. We had multiple restarts at this race, so there's plenty to talk about. So what we'll do first is, again, if you are listening to us just audio only, maybe head over to our YouTube video for this so that you can see us talking about it, and as well as the footage as we describe it, and that'll help you uh, kind of a little bit as well. I I did the analysis video just earlier morning actually by the time I finished it just kind of breaking down the incident hopefully in an unbiased way and leaving it up to the fans out there to make up their opinion but today we're just going to expand a little bit more on our own opinions on the incidents because they're actually very interesting so I will share my screen here with you guys Okay, so the first incident we're going to start with is, of course, lap number 15. So this was the original restart after the red flag period caused by Mick Schumacher. So we're going to look at all the turn one incidents first, and then the lap 37 collision itself. So Tyler, we'll start with you. We'll get your thoughts. I will play it through, and then we can uh, just kind of do your commentary over it and what you but thought of the incident. Are we not going to? We're not going to talk about the red flag drama, or are we going to get to that after? <laughs> we can get to that after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Okay, so I'll play it through through here for you. So starting both on the hard tire, Verstappen and Hamilton heading down into turn one. This is a hell of a start from Lewis. I really think that Max knew he got beat here and had to... Um, this is not messed everyone up there. I think Max <laughs> knew he got beat and had to um, 
break late to try and recover his position. Um, and I think he did it on purpose to cut the track and you know, almost get a little bit of advantage or try to stick his nose ahead of Hamilton um, because it was a great start from Lewis and he would have been in first uh, after turn one if it didn't, um, you know, if, if Max didn't cut the, the corner there. So, I mean, you take a look at the replay here, you know, you look how much later he breaks in Lewis and how much he lets off the throttle. And really, he had no room there. He had to cut the track. Um, so you could say Lewis didn't leave him room, but it was Lewis's corner in that situation, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, again, very messy. And that, of course, bottlenecked everyone behind him, which really instituted the crash for Leclerc and Perez. And then following suit, uh, Russell and Mazepin, who really didn't have anywhere to go, unfortunately, for them. Um, but yeah, what a what a messy start. And I just couldn't believe this is a nasty incident for Mazepin. I mean, nothing he could do there. Everyone's slowing up for the crash. He can't see. Um, and yeah, glad he was all right in that incident. So ultimately, in the end, just before we move on to Shaker, oh. you think in that case, Verstappen's fault and penalty should be given, should be not be given? Uh, I don't think any penalties, but I do agree with the handing back of posi- uh, the position. I think Lewis should have been ahead of, of Max, but I don't think there were any penalties needed, necessary there. Okay, Shaker, uh, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, Max was a little bit naughty here. Uh, to, I mean, no, Max was naughty on two restarts, but his second one just looked really good. Um, but this one, yeah, this one's a little bit naughty going off track, taking the position back off, uh, you know, back on track. I agree with Tyler. I think the position should have been uh, given back to Lewis and uh, they should have continued the race from there. But I, I don't think uh, the, I don't think there this is a, there's a penalty uh, need to be given here. And I kind of appreciated the stewards on this race. Um, I think they were, you know, fairly accurate on this race in terms of the penalties that were given. Um, I have no complaints about what happened there. Um, and I, I thought they were pretty fair of letting Lewis and Max fight it out. You know, it's the last two races of the season. It's all tied up and uh, anything can happen and you got to let the, you got to let the uh, drivers race. The stewarding we're definitely going to get to uh, later on because that was <laughs> that was almost as dramatic as the drivers themselves. But yeah. yeah, the only thing I would add to this is that, you know, there's questions obviously of was Verstappen over the limit, you know, this weekend with his driving. I don't think this was over the limit. This actually reminded me very much of their Monza collision because this is kind of the same thing, right? When one thing I do have to point out here, right, and, and this is going to get to my complaints about Mercedes because Mercedes are not getting off easy with me at all this weekend as much as Max Verstappen isn't getting off easy for me this weekend as well but if you watch Lewis just coming in here let's see if I can just scrub through okay I can't scrub through it as well but you notice that Lewis here rolls off the brakes a little bit misses the apex of the corner just as he goes into turn one if I can see if I can pause it at the right time it's a little bit hard to see they don't truly onboard here but Lewis just misses the apex slightly which forces Max here to go a little bit deeper on the outside so it is a fair argument to make if you're a Verstappen or if you're on the Red Bull side that Lewis should have given him more room I don't think that what Lewis did here was wrong and I don't think like you guys said should have gotten a penalty for it and then Verstappen here on the on this instance just hopping over the curb gaining a position I think that's a pretty slam dunk no no in the minds of the stewards but i like what you guys said too the fact that the stewards decided okay let's not give a penalty let's just make him give the position back but then there was the whole offer situation and i guess we could talk about this now because this was all part of this whole red flag scenario before the second restart which we heard on the radio communications during the break that michael massey was basically negotiating with red bull saying here's the offer i'm going to allow Verstappen to not be penalized. He can start behind Hamilton and Ocon. 
and you guys can accept that or you can keep the position refer the incident to the stewards for investigation and kind of roll the dice because it probably would have been a penalty so what did you guys think of that because a lot of people were really puzzled by that because we really haven't seen that before and the FIA was saying well this is nothing new but at least to the fans this is the first time we've ever really seen a live negotiation on a penalty situation exactly I think it was um, this happens a lot more than anyone outside of um, you know in, in the interior of what F1 knows about um, and I really liked how they pulled back the curtains. I think it adds even more drama to this dramatic season. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a fantastic idea from, from Michael Massey. I thought, um, and I think the reason, one of the big reasons for this was because he doesn't want to see the stewards decide a championship. He's going to do his best for the drivers to battle it out on the track. And I think that's what he was trying to accomplish with that whole negotiation. And, you know, who knows how many times this happens beforehand, but I would think it would happen a lot because he seemed to know what he was doing uh, in that instance. So I, I really loved the decision. I thought it was great that they showcased it uh, to give the fans an idea of exactly what was happening. Um, and I thought that it was the right decision in the end as well by, by Michael Massey to uh, just intervene in that moment. Uh, Red Bull were very smart and just to take the penalty and make sure Ocon was in first position, which would be kudos to Ocon for uh, putting his car in the right spot there in the end. Um, but all in all, I think that's a, that whole incident is a good wash and, um, you know, on to the next, uh, incident in my opinion, but yeah, it was awesome to see and, and to hear as well. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, and like, like I said, it's a, was saying earlier that, you know, there's, these are the last two races. It's also one of the first times in a long time we've had a world championship between two different drivers on two different tree, uh, two different teams. So it's kind of nice to let, you know, the, uh, you know, the constructors and the drivers, like you said, Tyler, kind of decide, uh, where they're going to end up at the end of the race. Um, and, and, and like I said, like, you know, Max did a few naughty things. It's, you know, he got caught for a few of them. And it was kind of nice to let the, it was kind of nice of the stewards to kind of let, uh, you know, let the racers decide what they want to do. Um, and that's, that, you know, that incident that you were showing between Lewis and Max is kind of similar to, I want to say it was the last race or the race before that where it was Lewis uh, on Max the other way around where Max missed the apex and Lewis ended up having to go off. So very similar situation. Brazil, I think that was. Yeah, I, I believe it was Brazil. Yeah, there, there's definitely some similarities. A little bit, obviously, two different corners, uh, this one being much slower. But, yeah, I would agree with both of you. I like this direction in terms of, and a lot of people will know my opinion on this, I'm very much for letting them race, and I'm very much against the stewards deciding big races and championships, so I like to let them race. If this is one solution where they can say, okay, look, what Verstappen did there wasn't massively illegal. He didn't, you know, cause any damage or anything like that, but he can't overtake off track, right? He can't gain that advantage. So here, here's a simple solution. Let's exchange the positions, give it back, and let's just carry on with the racing. You don't lose five seconds. You don't lose 10 seconds or whatever it is. I think I like that direction. I think the only criticism that I would have from the FIA on this standpoint is that I understand everybody's point, going back to even our Brazil podcast when we were discussing this, is people want the consistency. People want to know why Brazil wasn't a penalty, but the Austria ones were penalties, for example. People want to know why the rules in this race didn't seem to be applied and they were negotiated, but in other races they weren't. So 
that's a little further discussion to the stewarding that we'll get to a little bit later, but that's kind of uh, my wrap on that. But let's move on right away then to just a few laps later, lap 17 restart. Now, slightly different circumstances. Like you just mentioned there, Tyler, you had Esteban Ocon starting in P1. To the left of him, Lewis Hamilton, and then Verstappen in P3. Big difference being Max Verstappen starting on the medium tire. Now, this was a great weekend to kind of see some of the, I would say, the things that Verstappen still needs to work on in the future of his career, but also the things that make Verstappen just utterly brilliant. And this was one of those examples here. Tyler, talk me through the restart here on lap 17. I mean, it was a perfect restart. And uh, kudos to Red Bull for putting Max on the medium to compound tires in this situation. Of course, it didn't really work for him in the end, but I mean, what a wonderful restart. And to read the the, uh, the track really well to, you know, try to block Ricardo off and then realize, oh, wait, there's a massive gap here down the inside. I'm just going to uh, plop my car right in that gap and take first position. So it was a, a very well done overtake by Max, uh, in my opinion. And this was probably, I think, his nicest move uh, during the race uh, was to, to get this position. Yeah, I agree. And I do have to give kudos to the uh, the Red Bull team this entire weekend because there was uh, the first restart too, where they held back the uh, they uh, they didn't pit Max to and let uh, Hamilton and Bottas both pit. Uh, you know, expecting there to be either a safety car or something come up where they would get a free tire change. And I think it came off for them twice where they managed to do that. They managed to hold off just enough and get the tire change on the on the red flag. So kudos on them for for this weekend because I, I in the end I think Red Bull did a really good job and. Uh, you know, it was up to Max to win it, and unfortunate situation. Yeah, and the overtake was just absolutely brilliant. And one of the things, too, that people don't realize is that when you look at on the left-hand side there, coming up mm. to this wall, they don't show it in this replay, but Max almost nearly hit this wall yeah. on the inside. I mean, it was it was inches. Like, this was a full send yeah. type of move. And he kind of caught Hamilton napping here because I was kind of surprised at how much attention Lewis paid to Ocon. He was really defending Ocon. And then just Max came out of nowhere. And I think if Max was over maybe another inch to the left, maybe inch or two to the left, he would not have made this turn. Yeah. He would not have managed to squeeze through this corner like he did there. Yeah, no, it was... Oh, yeah. Sorry, Chris. I just I, I think I love that hard racing from all three of yeah. them. I mean, Ocon didn't lay back either. He wanted to, to put his car in there too. So I liked how... I think he said in his post race, he knew he wasn't racing those guys, but I mean, in the end, he still has to race, right? So, um, yeah, I thought it was an awesome work by a good by Olcon to uh, be aggressive, but not dangerous into you know um, hurting either uh, either driver's championship hopes. Uh, like I like how he bailed out there, just knowing he doesn't want to cause a collision with those two. Well, he's learned from Brazil from years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but he has definitely, and I thought he drove a, a great race. A shame he couldn't yes. get the podium, but he did end up making contact with Hamilton going down into turn one. But you know, Hamilton, I guess, is just immune to front wing damage because it just doesn't matter for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that I don't was... know what that front wing's made of, but it must have been reinforced this race because I don't know how it withstood all yeah. the beatings it took. Not just withstood, but just still fastest lap after fastest lap. Yeah, Mercedes just has. Wingate this entire season. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they should just uh, should take that end plate off uh, at all times. You know, they, maybe they don't need an end plate. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Less weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was some trick arrow device once again, and it just worked out for them. But <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it was it was close close for him as well. But 
Yeah, so it was a great move on lap 17. And, you know, in a way, had the race gone a little bit more straightforward, that might have been the race-winning move for Verstappen because we really yeah. settled into a, you know, USA-style showdown once again of Hamilton-Verstappen lap after lap. And you really saw Max utilize the advantage of Sector 1 and kind of that middle sector there turn 16 to 13. He was really able to pull out that gap against Hamilton, and that enabled him to just stay out of the DRS zone. But, Shaker, you mentioned this off the top of the show the constant debris from Yuki Tsunoda incidents, from Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel. I mean, the track was just littered all over the place. Alonso was coming on the radio saying they need a safety car or maybe just to red flag it again to clean up the whole track. So it was just a constant stop and start of virtual safety cars. And it wasn't a bad thing for Verstappen because on the medium tire, he was able to save a little bit of the tire performance and not put so much load through them, making sure that he could go a little bit longer in the race versus Lewis, who was on the harder compound. But that last virtual safety car was really unlucky with the position that he was in because it went green just as in the final sector where Lewis was really, really close because <laughs> Hamilton was maybe pushing the rules just a little bit with how close he was during the virtual safety car periods. But then that set up this run down to turn one. Once again, turn one was pretty famous this weekend in Jeddah. And <laughs> once again, it's Hamilton Verstappen. A little bit different this time with this incident. So I'm curious to know your thoughts. I'll play it through here. Tyler, let me know how you saw it. Yeah, um, I mean, what a run Lewis had going down this front stretch. I mean, he was all over Max and clearly are up around the outside. And Max, you know, I think Max just missed the corner. And, um, you know, in, in last week, was it last week or was it Brazil? I don't know. It was a professional foul when we talked about this, in my opinion. This was this was a foul. This was, a, a, you know, I'm missing the corner to stay ahead. Um and then uh, we'll, Sorry, we'll, save yeah. that we'll save that incident. I mean, Lewis clearly had the position in that situation. Um, and does he though? He, he does. He really does. Does he though? Like if no, you look he does. At the two cars side by side, Max is ahead. I know, but they don't show. If he had an overhead, Lewis was ahead in that situation. Max was then broke later. Clearly broke later because he didn't make the corner. Yeah, and because of that breaking later as well, you see kind I of on news just loses yeah. the rear. Yeah, yeah, he does lose the rear. Yeah, he was never going to make that corner. So, what did you think, Shaker? Did you think you see it a little bit differently there than Tyler? No, it's definitely a penalty. <laughs> it's definitely a penalty. <laughs> okay. I'm just arguing for the fact that he was ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, no, it's, uh, I, I, I was I was basically the exact same comments you guys had. If he wasn't going as fast, you wouldn't have slipped out and you know would have been actually been able to make the turn and possibly uh, get a track position back. You know, he didn't have to fight so hard. He still had 13 laps to go, and he was on the mediums compared to Lewis being on the hards. So he could still make some time back. Yeah, and not necessarily a penalty, but again, it should have been position being yeah, given back yeah, given back in a, in a reasonable way as we'll get to that I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> i would agree with the, with the both of you and you could see on the well this is funny too because much like in brazil we only have the rearward facing verstappen on board as mm. the f1 tv feed only goes to the front facing camera after max is already through the you know escape road of turn two so it is difficult to see with what shaker was saying but i think hamilton was slightly ahead once again so What's clear, though, obviously, is that Verstappen outbraked himself, lost the rear because of it, and then Hamilton had to open the steering a little bit just to avoid the contact, and then, of course, both of them scampered off track. So I think what you guys said, too, like, doing it as they were initially, which is to say, okay, 
no penalty there, but give the position back because you gained, you know, the unfair advantage. It was Hamilton's corner. Let's carry on. I think that's what they were trying to do, obviously. But then what happened afterwards was a total disaster. But this is another example where obviously Verstappen's going to go for this move. And I love the fact that he's going to go for these types of moves. But this weekend, and we'll get to that later, I think is a great example of you don't need to be full throttle at every single point of every single corner of every single lap. You know, I think that in this case, yeah, maybe it would have been a little bit smarter just to let Hamilton take the corner and see if he can get him on the run down into sector three. But maybe this was also Verstappen thinking he didn't have the race pace, so he wanted to desperately stay in front of him. But yeah, it was uh, it was very tight. I don't think this was over the limit. Well, I think it was very on the limit. I don't think it was over. But uh, I think that what the stewards were trying to do once again in this incident is resolve it without any penalties but I think we're ready to move on into the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just get it into it. <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy? So just what Shaker was pointing out there too, this is what Verstappen got the five-second penalty for afterwards because I was confused. I was like, wait, yeah. what did he get the five-second penalty for? Because <laughs> there were so many incidents. But this was lap 37, so just a few corners later, they keep going on, you know, chasing each other down the field. And then, of course, the big incident happens, which pretty much got everybody out of their seats of like, what the hell was going on between these two? Uh, so that was just, sorry, the replay there. I'll just skip ahead. Uh, that's Toto breaking his headphones. Is that Toto breaking his headphones? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so here we go, lap 37. They're on the back straight. We see Verstappen starting to slow down. And then out of nowhere, she runs right into the back of him. Now... This is okay. This is gonna uh, this this is gonna send people either left or right. There's gonna be no clear middle ground, I think, in, in any discussions here. Which I understand from whatever perspective you're coming from—a Mercedes perspective or a Red Bull perspective—but let's keep it civil in the comments. Um, Good for luck. Everyone involved here. I know, I know, but oh, hey, some cars on the outside. What's going on? Street circuit. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is not the right spot to be giving a position back in my opinion you know this is you're going into a high speed corner or going sorry you're going through high speed corners about to go to a big braking zone and without real warning it's not like max is completely over to one side yes there's some room uh, on the right on the uh, left hand side there for lewis to go but like max is in the middle of the road almost in my opinion i think he could have gone um to you know at least to one side a little bit more and if you look at that on board there sorry i, I know it's tough to to get there, Chris, but when they make contact, it, right here, there's not much room for Lewis to go to the left, in my opinion. I don't think there really is much room, and I don't think Lewis was expecting him to give the position back there. I was expecting Max to do what he did after and give the position back, you know, in the, in that corner uh, just before the DRS zone, um, but you know, do it properly, not you know, way before the corner. Um, so it's just I don't think yes, there's miscommunication there um between both drivers but it's just not the right spot to be giving a place back in my opinion um it's a weird situation um and again well it's not like we hear the team radios at the same time that they're giving to given to the drivers and uh the, the teams uh, but I agree, it's it's a weird uh, uh, spot to give it back on the track for the position. But the other thing I also noticed is Max isn't be being very fair when he is trying to give the position back. And I don't think Lewis is doing a great job in taking it back either. I don't know if he didn't get the team radio or whatever it was. Yeah, but 
let's say there was a flag that was coming up and Lewis, and then that's why Max was slowing down. Shouldn't Lewis also be slowing down for the same reason? What if he hasn't seen the flag yet? Um, I, this is just me, you know, making up a scenario. Um, but like, should Lewis be paying attention at the same time? I don't know. Like Lewis didn't have anything. Obviously if there's a yellow flag coming up, he'll get it on his dash. That yeah. There's a yellow flag coming up. So, I mean, I don't think that, I think he was really confused and why Max was slowing down and he, he didn't get a radio message until after the fact. Um, so he didn't know what Max was doing either. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a, such a messy situation. I really like that video you had there, Chris. The one thing I don't agree with that whole scenario is a five-second penalty. Because uh, I don't think it ruined Lewis's race by five seconds. Well, for for this incident, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, like, I think it should have been like a two and a half or a two second penalty because that's overall what it was. Because um, I, I don't know if they have those. No, I thought they did give a two a two a two second penalty this year. I know they all. have them in the games. Like, like the Codemasters game has it. I don't think they have them for real though. Okay. No, I think five is the least you can get. Yeah. Okay. But just to note for this penalty, because this was reviewed after the race, Max got ten seconds for this. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, really? So, th so this is what. Uh, so, I'll, I'll get. I'll bring to ten this point next. Way too much, in my opinion. <laughs> well, this is why they gave the ten seconds. So, I'll let you know, guys. Know my opinion before the stewards' decision because it was a little okay. bit different than after the stewards rendered their decision. When I saw this live, I was like, "What the hell was going on?" And you guys are right. So, the communication, Max Verstappen, by his race engineer, was warned basically just before he got to the entry of turn twenty-two. So, this is really only a couple of hundred meters later that this crash happened so it was fairly late and his race engineer told him give the position back but give it back strategically so he didn't want to let lewis you know pass and get the drs and just escape off into the distance he wanted to do what he eventually did a few laps later and just re-overtake him right away now hamilton didn't get this message until essentially he was hitting the rear of verstappen now the f1 tv radio messages are slightly delayed but Mercedes didn't get the message until essentially as the accident happened. But as I watched it more and more, Tyler, I would disagree with the one thing that you said there that Hamilton didn't really know what was going on. That was my opinion at first. I thought that, oh, maybe he thought it was a virtual safety car or a yellow flag or something. But watching this incident more and more, I think Hamilton and Verstappen both knew exactly what was going on because, and I showed the telemetry data there before, that you could see Hamilton was already slowing down a little bit ahead because he saw Max slowing down. But he, I think he knew what was going on. Hamilton is one of the smartest drivers in the history of F1, and he wouldn't just all of a sudden be like, oh, like what's going on here? If there was a yellow flag or a virtual safety car, it would have came up on his dash just like it did the previous four or five times in the race. So he knew exactly what was going on. He knew the DRS game that he and Verstappen were playing because that incident in turn one happened just a few corners ago. So I think in his mind, he th just quickly thought right away that, okay, he's going to let me pass, but he didn't want to give up the position, right? And then, of course, eventually they came crashing together. But the problem was is that I initially thought, okay, no penalty for either of them. Both of them are to blame just because they were both clumsy and let's just move on with it. But let me read to you guys the stewards decision here. Um, the main factor or the main reason why they gave Max Verstappen the penalty is, um, let's just see here, I'm gonna scroll, I need to find exactly where it says. A lot of text. Okay, so here we go. So it says the driver of car 33 stated that he was wondering why car 44 had not overtaken 
The driver of car 30, the driver of car 44 stated that not having been aware at that stage that car 33 was giving the position back was unaware of the reason car 33 was slowing and deciding giving the position back uh, car, the key point for the stewards was the driver. Oops, sorry. I read that wrong there. Uh, in deciding to penalize the driver of car 33, the key point for the stewards was that the driver of car 33 then brakes suddenly. Uh, they say it was 69 bar of pressure and significantly resulting in 2.4 G of deceleration. So that is the reason why. So they registered on telemetry that Max braked too hard and too sudden, which is why they eventually gave him that 10 second penalty for causing a collision. Yeah. So not because it was a bad place to give a position back because it was not dangerous driving, but maybe more reckless, if, if yeah. anything. Yeah, I think they mentioned erratic was the word that they used. Erratic. That's a good word. That's a good word to use. Uh, you know, I, I understand that decision. Yep. I still agree. I think 10 seconds is, is too much. Um, yeah. In the end, it doesn't matter because his tires are going to fall off anyways. It, as it came to fruition in the last few laps, he had no pace. Even Ocon was catching him by a, a, over a second a lap. Um, so uh, five, ten seconds didn't influence the race at all. But I still think maybe five seconds uh, would have been fair a, against Max there. I still state that it was a bad position to take over or to, to do, the, uh, to do the, the switch positions. But I, I, I like the way how you describe that. You're right, Lewis did kind of know what he was doing. And not thinking about that situation um, but, you know, hearing your points, it makes total sense, Chris, that um, he was kind of playing the DRS game as well. So uh, it's an interesting perspective that you brought there that I think will change uh, maybe some people's opinions as well. Well, but also, it's not just my opinion, though. And let me continue on in this FIA document, because this no. is what frustrates me so much about the FIA and then Mercedes as well, because I think, you know, Mercedes aren't getting off easy for me from their post-race reaction. But, OK, we have this incident. I say that if Verstappen, we don't know if he truly brake tested Lewis Hamilton because we weren't in Verstappen's car. We don't have access to the telemetry, so we don't know when he put the brake pressure on, how much was it exactly, we don't know. But the thing is, is what Verstappen did here with that sudden deceleration, in my opinion, that's dangerous. Like you said there, Tyler, in that area of the track, it was a stupid thing for him to do. If he would have just at least lifted off and coasted, that would have been fine. But why did he have to brake that way? It was just kind of a stupid thing to do to put himself in that situation. So in that case, I'm fine with the 10-second penalty because that is a dangerous move at that part of the track. It has nothing to do with the driving. But the problem is, is that listen to the rest of this document that goes on. So right after they tell that the reason why they penalized Verstappen was because of the extra braking, listen to this next line. It says, quote, whilst accepting that the driver of car 44 could have overtaken car 33 when that car first slowed, we understand why he, referencing Lewis Hamilton, did not wish to be the first to cross the DRS. So they essentially just oh, contradicted so the first paragraph that said Hamilton had no idea why he was slowing down. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that's interesting. I'm <laughs> uh, not sure why yeah, that had to be included. Weird. So this is, and it's not just this too, there's quotes from Hamilton and Total Wolf post-race where they initially say, I don't know what was going on. And then they double back and they said, oh, I didn't want to give the DRS. So this is the problem that I have with Mercedes is that, hmm. you know, Verstappen had a very rough race. You know, he was very aggressive. He was really hot under the collar. But Mercedes didn't have a clean race either. You know, I think Mercedes played a dirty game as well on their side too. And 
you know, post-race, they're really good at manipulating the public relations side of Formula One to make themselves look like they're innocent and they're the victims. And, you know, the dastardly Dutchman always sending his car down the inside and causing all this damage. But it's like, you guys knew exactly what was going on. Hamilton knew what was happening behind him. And then when you look at Hamilton, too, a couple of laps later, when he, you know, Verstappen let him overtake, too, he kind of pushes him a little bit deep into turn 27. So there's this gamesmanship going on between the both of them. So it's not like Hamilton and Mercedes are 100% innocent in this situation. But I'm looking at that document, and I read that, and I just couldn't believe that they pretty much just admitted that he knew, you know, why he didn't overtake him was because he didn't want the DRS. So I, it's just so frustrating, this incident to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting paragraph that they put in there as well um, to include that whole situation. I'm surprised that they did do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very messy in the end uh, into everything that was going on. I mean, it's it, they're they're racing for a championship and it's so tight. We knew something like this is going to happen where we have that uh, maybe that defining moment in a championship where we see the the two title rivals collide. Uh, in an instance, I think this will be the the memorable one because it's so late in the season, and this is what ended up bringing them tied into the championship. Now, as barring we see a collision next week as well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I would, yeah. it would surprise me. I'm sure there's going to be something crazy that's going to happen. I um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, I was gonna, I was just going to say comment that you know Saudi Arabia basically has just created a perfect storm for this next race to, for it to be. It could go either way. There could be you know. Uh, who knows who's going to finish this race because we've seen what happens in these kind of scenarios with in multiple different championships. You know, both these drivers are going to be going at it hard. And in the end, it doesn't matter if they win or not, as long as the other person doesn't finish. Right. Well, that's exactly it. Now, I was telling Shaker this uh, before you got on, Chris, is that, you know, if we, we've seen some cheeky stuff in the championships before, and I, I played this situation out and I hope it doesn't go this way, but it's a world championship. I could see it happening is that if Max Verstappen crashes into Lewis and they both don't win, don't finish the race, Max Verstappen wins the Max title wins. because he's won yep. more races. So advantage Max going into this race. And who is more dominant at this track usually? Well, Mercedes, isn't it? it is Mercedes for the most part. But I mean, I think Red Bull had a strong race last season, if yeah, I remember. They right. won and it, it's yeah. a new track. It is a new track. So, yeah. um, you know, it's completely revamped. So who knows how it's going to race either we don't know how it's going to race which is will be another interesting perspective for next week as well yeah well let's hold that thought on abu dhabi because i think that pretty much just wraps up the the jetta conversation there because we covered all the incidents but i would just say my final comments there on on verstappen's whole race and his whole weekend was you know again i was just a little slightly disappointed by his performance because he didn't look like the driver that was up eight points. You know, he was kind of driving as if he was the driver who was, you know, down by eight points. And I think that it just wasn't necessary. Now, was it the pressure of the fact that he could have clinched the title here in Saudi Arabia? I don't know. You know, I don't want him to change his style because I love the way he drives. I think he's very much like Ayrton Senna in the way that he drives and how he's always pushing to the maximum. But this could be a good learning experience for him to I think that Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton, they're just so smart that they're baiting Verstappen into these types of incidents where they know Max is going to go full send. 
they know that he's going to go off the track and that the stewards are going to have to get involved and he'll get a penalty. So I think Verstappen has to be smarter than Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton to say, no, I'm not going to let you put me in this position. I'm going to maybe back out of this corner just a little bit, live to fight another day and try to get you guys another way because Mercedes, they have a lot of power with the FIA. We saw this weekend. Let's just bring that up really quickly too, Tyler. I don't know if you guys saw all this. You know, during FP3, Lewis Hamilton had a lot of run-ins with Nikita Mazepin. He had the yellow flag incident. You had Valtteri Bottas who clipped Kimi Raikkonen. And then in the race, you had Bottas slowing down under the virtual safety car. You know, Mercedes got no penalties whatsoever. They didn't even really get investigated. So they were very, very lucky. I mean, it wasn't a clean well, weekend by any standards. They did get fined a hell, though, uh, for that for that uh, yes. Lewis and Mazepin incident. They got fined for that, and Lewis got a reprimanded. And I understand that decision because Lewis legit didn't know Mazepin was coming up behind him. Um, and that's completely on the team. I don't think the driver should be uh, penalized for that. Um, I think a reprimand was a smart decision there. And also with the title and everything like that, you don't want the this title to go down to Nikita Mazepin. No, for want, sure. As, as we don't want the test title being decided by Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. So um, I thought that was the right decision. Um, I know money doesn't really matter for, for Mercedes. I'm not sure if that involves the cost cap or not with, with the fine. Um, but they did get that. So I just... They did get some sort of penalty, even though it wasn't uh, on track. Yeah. On the note of fines, I seriously uh, agree that FIA should start fining teams and drivers for not coming up in the formation lap on time and like ruining the race for all the people in the front of the drivers. Because um, that's what, four, five races in a row? And with this time, we saw it on the on the restarts for, uh, for the safety car and everything too. So they need, definitely need to start cracking down on that. Yeah, I think yeah. this was. Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. I was that's a whole gamesmanship thing too, right? Where yeah. Lewis was smart and knew the safety car rule is ten car lengths, but the red flag rule isn't any amount. You you could wait back. So yeah, I think it yeah, was that's smart, what I mean. They need to start Lewis. cracking down on that because he even I think even in that formation lap, he asked. He's like, oh yeah, like it's not ten car. It's not. I don't need to be between t- uh, ten car lengths, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. So. No, yeah. I mean, it was smart by Lewis, and it worked. So it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's hard for me. I don't think it should be left to like, oh, I'm going to delay my time in the formation lap to get the better restart. I don't think, I think everyone should be given that same fair advantage on the restart and not to be delayed by this formation lap. I agree. You should start finding either the driver or the teams. You know, if you're going to, if you're not on your, you know, by the time P1 is there, if you're not there within 10 to 15 seconds, by the time P20 is there, then you're, you're either your team or your your driver gets fined. I, I agree. I also agree. I also, you know, think that you shouldn't be allowed to change tires under a red flag. I think that's silliness. Yeah. In NASCAR, for example, uh, you, you're not allowed to touch the car during a red flag. You can't make any sort of changes. You look good and shit for, for, for touching the car almost. Um, so I, I don't think you should be allowed to make any adjustments or change your tires or do anything to the car uh, that isn't a safety violation. You know, if, obviously, if there's a safety thing, do you know you have to change it? But um, you know, this whole thing of getting to change your tires under a red flag situation is silly. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, they'll they'll need to change that for the future seasons. But I got an idea. Maybe for the formation lap, they should just set a timer. And like, if you just don't get there on time, the lights are going to yeah, go out anyway. Saying. So like within 10 to 15 seconds, by the time P1 gets there, and if P20 is not in the formation lap, those teams should be fined. Like, that's what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Like 10 seconds should be like the cutoff because like they should all be following within a 10 sec within 10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds of each other. And, and the other thing too, it just popped in my mind because I, I mentioned this idea in my video with the whole situation of letting Verstappen, you know, or letting uh, Hamilton overtake Verstappen to give the position back. Why are you leaving that decision up to the teams of where to do it? Yeah. Why not instruct that pass to happen where the incident happened, which was turn one? And yeah. you give, like, it was no rush. There was plenty of laps to go. So get on both radios and say, okay, listen, Red Bull, listen, Mercedes, Verstappen is going to let Hamilton pass into turn one on the next lap. Just treat it like a team order. We see team orders plenty of all the time. You know, Carlos, Valtteri, it's James, let Lewis pass going into turn one. And then that way you can avoid all of this. Why are you leaving it up to them to allow them to play these cat and mouse games of, oh, I'm just going to overtake you right away again? Like, that's, yeah. it's just stupid. No, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. So, anyways, it was a little bit up and down for for the FIA and Michael Massey and the stewards this weekend. I know that they've got a tough job, but I think they need to sit down with the drivers and the teams and just really work out a concrete plan of what they expect from the drivers, what the drivers expect from the stewards. Communicate that clearly to the fans. I mean, we're in the digital age; we can you know watch the drivers' briefings or whatever they want to do it. But I think it's just the frustration from the fans comes from it just seems like things are changing on the fly. This is a penalty this weekend. Next weekend, it's not. You know, they're making deals and offers and negotiations. So I'm hoping that by next season, they're going to be a little bit cleaner. But I think, as a lot of people were saying, we were missing Charlie Whiting on a week, race weekend like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's interesting to see how he would have handled it. I'm sure it would have been a little calmer. <laughs> 100%. So I think that'll do it for the 2021 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We apologize to some of the other drivers that we didn't cover, but of course we are at the stage of the season now where the championship is really the main talking point. And we're going to spend the last few minutes here just looking ahead to the season finale 